Right, thank you, Ian, for that. Uh, fantastic to be back with you guys. Um, I've been away. Oh. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I miss you, Jackie, Jackie, but you know what I mean? This morning, we've got so many props, you wouldn't know what to do with them, would you? Yeah. String, we've got... Look, look at my feeble attempt at my props. You know, look, all I brought in was that. Oh, there it is. Bless it. So... It's really sad, really, because I think we're coming to the end of Ephesians, but I think maybe we're just coming to the beginning of Ephesians. Uh, talk to the person next to you very quickly and just say the words, getting plugged in so the light stays on. <laughs> plugged in so the light stays on. <laughs> Are we up and ready? Excellent. All right. So, um, I've been away. So, one of the things that you'll find with me is I never switch off. I'm not on these Duracell batteries, but trust me, uh, there are times where I do get a bit fractious and a little bit anxious at times. And uh, at those points, uh, Diane has to say to me, slow down, slow down. So, even when we were on holiday... Uh, we went to a little place called Watch It, which is sort of like uh, around by Western Supermare there. And I gave myself a job, because I just thought, I need a job, because I'm on holiday and I need something to do. So um, I was actually in charge of the harbour. Uh, so we actually had a very beautiful little uh, two up, two down. Uh, it was a, a harbour master's house. So I volunteered that week in my own imagination, bear with all right. Uh, in my imagination, I gave myself the responsibility, the huge responsibility, of the, uh, the channel, again, looking at the harbour. And I got really very connected with the harbour because I realised it wasn't just water coming in and out and in and out. The people were coming in, there was restoration going on, there were people going on fishing trips with stories to tell. There were stacks of stuff going on in the harbour. And as I prepared... The majority of what I was going to talk to you about this morning, boy, have I got some stories to share with you, but not this morning, about Watch It and the harbour. Suffice to say, the whole sort of summary for me, for Ephesians, chapter 1 through to 3, is getting plugged in so that the light stays on. Paul is talking about power. He's talking about prayer, fundamentally, to the Ephesian church. And I did actually think about bringing in my sort of like, and there's some shopping centre which is yellow and blue. You know, and they always give you instructions on how to put things together. I don't know if you ever suffered from that situation where you get the instructions and you get out of the packet, you know, what needs to be put together. Those easy to follow instructions. You know, you have to find all the components that put them together. There's that moment where you get the dowel and you get the, the hammer. Have you done all that and try to put things together? But then there's a moment where you check the cable and the plug and all the connections. Now, here we go. This might work. Might not. If it blows the system in, I'm sorry. OK. I'm now not plugged in. OK. I have to... Sorry, Ian, it might go, just better with. I haven't tested this, so we'll have to see. Okay, when I'm plugged in, the light comes on. In most plugs, I think, there are three cables, and we need to be plugged into God. We need to be plugged into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this morning, 
we're going to be reading, which Jackie has already mentioned, the doxology. And for those of you who want alliteration, we've got Paul in prison who prays and he praises and also he talks about a palace. So that's some alliteration for you. I've got no links, but I just thought for those of you who want something to hang something on, then that's it for you, all right? But let's just deal with these uh, opening sentences in chapter 3. If you've got a Bible there in front of you, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father. We all pray to God the Father, our prayers, and I hope this morning it will be a tremendous encouragement for all of us. But I can share with you honestly that I can remember those times when I have been reduced to my knees in prayer. There have been those times where, if you look through the Old Testament and New Testament, there are people who have raised their hands in prayer. There are those people who have been in that secret place of prayer. There have been those men and women who have actually almost cried out to God. And this morning, as we draw to a close in looking at Ephesians chapter 3, I believe there are a number of steps that Paul gives to all of us to help us in our prayer life. Now I've lost my doofa. Here we go. And as I was thinking about what I was going to say to you this morning, I tried to look at the Lord's Prayer and in my imagination, try and see whether I could fit the Lord's Prayer from verses 14 through to 21. I got the Amen right at the end, but then I got a bit foggy in the middle. But I began to meditate, and and when we think about the Lord's Prayer, which we have just prayed this morning, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Paul says, on his knees, whilst he is in prison, for this reason... I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And so it reads on. It's not perfect, but as I began to think about Paul's prayer, he's praying from prison. And he's praying, not only for the Ephesian church, but for us too. And it made me actually think about our inner life. We all have an external appearance. We wear clothing and all sorts of different things. I brought a new jumper this week, but it just happens to be over there because it's so hot in here with that lovely heater. So I'm not wearing it, thankfully. But we all wear things. But this morning, I want us to encourage us. And Paul, I believe, is actually helping us out here. He wants us to be strengthened with might. Not the physical might, our physicality, but from within. And I believe that he says something quite significant to us. How is it with you and with me in my inner life this morning? How are we strengthened to live this Christian life? 
And there's a gentleman by the name of F.F. Bruce. He's a very ancient uh, theologian. But he says of these verses, he says of these verses, that you may be fortified, braced, and invigorated to know the strength of the Spirit's inner reinforcement. Now, I like some of those words. Those of you who are like engineering, like reinforcement and like, you know, invigorated. We love to be reinvigorated, don't we? Where do we get our strength from? Being still and knowing that he is God. 2 Corinthians uh, 4 and verse 16 to 18 says, says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory. That far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Incredible words from Paul. Then we have this... 14 to 18 and 19. He then talks about being rooted and grounded in love. Now, I don't know about you, but this sort of brings together for me some really nice sort of thoughts. The whole idea of something which is botanical, something that is growing, something that is alive. And uh, I'm very shortly going to be thinking about and planning uh, to plant some seeds. And I've got to get my head around the preparing of the ground and all that goes on with trying to prepare the ground. But there is a sense when we think about planting things, that we think about the root system. We think about into the soil into which we place the seeds for them to die and then to germinate and come into, come into life. And Paul is helping us here, I think, to us to think about being rooted in a good soil but also he's using this architectural feature and we will not go through a review of what we've looked at in the past looking at one, one, sorry, Ephesians 1 to 3. Suffice to say that if you listen to the first session we actually thought about there being this massive structure, this worship of Diana in the early days and the Ephesians were mindful of that. But Paul is saying here be rooted, but also the architectural idea of being having strong foundations, deep foundations. Love is the foundation. And I came across this quote this week. It says, if you do not... Uh, I apologise, my writing. If you do not go deep, you cannot go high. And so all that we see for these beautiful structures, there must be a strong foundation. And Paul is encouraging us that we will make sure that our foundations go deep enough. And there's some pictures there of Ephesus. You can see, if you like, some of the, the botanics, some of the beautiful flowers around. You can see uh, the amphitheatre. You can see the main street, which we looked at right in the first session that we had. But then, what about knowing Christ's love? Paul goes on to talk about how high, how wide, 
how deep and how long. Jesus has an amazing love. Those of you who have your Bibles with you, if you'd like to turn to um, Romans chapter 8 and verses 37 to 39, it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God. And that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And as we think about how long we have heaven, we have that understanding that there will be for all of us an eternal life. What about broad? How broad is God's love? God's love is broad for all. In the days when Paul was alive, he was referring to the Jews and to the Gentiles. God loves all. How deep is God's love? It reaches down so deep that it reaches you and me, a sinner saved by grace. How high is God's love? One day we will be exalted and we will be with God in heaven. His love, north, south, east and west. Today, if we look back at what God has done for us, we turn around and we can look to the cross. We can see what Jesus has done for us and we want to glorify him for his amazing love. His amazing love. Knowing Christ's love. Then, what about being filled up to God's fullness? As we think about getting, excuse me, getting plugged in so the light stays on, we have to be connected to God through his love, through his sacrifice on the cross, and through the power of his Holy Spirit. That same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. Getting plugged in so that the light stays on. But then I was looking at this again just this week. Filled up to God's fullness. We sometimes leak. I don't know if you've got a watering can at home or you've checked it out just recently. But just sometimes there'll be an awkward moment when you're filling the watering can and you discover the leak and it needs to be repaired. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just leak from time to time. And I need to come back to God and ask him to fill me afresh with his spirit. And as I thought this morning about what illustration could I actually share with you this morning. It's quite a a personal illustration. Uh, Some of you who maybe know your geography will instantly recognise that that is the side of Helfellen. That's looking halfway up, halfway down. So um, we're looking back down at some of the uh, lakes in the Lake District. And uh, Diane and I went on a walk. Well, I'd say an incline. You'll see it in a moment. We went with our son. Now, I haven't got a pointer, but Matt, as you can see, is on the top right-hand side and he's wearing a red shirt. Okay? So, here we are. It what seemed like a really good idea at the time. Now, some of you who actually are aware of hill walking and wanting to get to the top... Okay, we'll know that there is very often a cairn 
area where some people actually actually take a stone from the bottom of the, of the side and then travel with it all the way up to the top. But those of you who know your geography, just help me out here. Has anybody actually been to Helvellyn? Ah, wonderful. Fantastic. Great. Okay. So you might know what's coming up. I don't know. But anyway, so Matt, my son, he was really eager. I mean, here's me, you know, like scrabbling up these rocks, dying somewhere to be seen. So he said, let's get to the top. Well, we got to the top. Well, I'll rephrase that. We got to the place where we, Matt said, it's the top. And I said, Matt, I said, I'm sorry, this is not the top. He says, yes, he says, here's a cairn. Look, people have brought all the rocks. It's quite clearly the top. And he was exhausted. Dave's there, bless him. He's having a little chill-out session. Down there's on the right. I'm taking the picture. Where Andrew is at this point, I haven't got a clue. But anyway, we won't worry about it. He, he, he didn't get lost on the trip, so don't worry. Okay, he was fine. Very safe at home. But those of you who know Helvellyn will know that there's a ridge, and there are other ridges around. Now, what I didn't tell Matthew was that I had done my Gold Duke of Edinburgh's Award in the Lake District. And I can remember classically being there as a young little nipper at the top, not there, um, and actually fact, having a postcard. And we had a postcard, and actual fact, it was so misty, we could not see the lakes down below. And we actually discovered that when we were up there, a few days before we were up there, someone had actually walked off the edge. So here we are. Are we at the top, those of you who have been to Helvellyn? Can I have a nod or a... No, I'm not quite too sure. No, we're not there, are we? No. Okay, are we there now? Good, got the nod. So there we are. So we've got to the trig point. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. There are times where we can see beautiful things right from the top. There are times where we just need sometimes someone to come alongside us, to nudge us. Now, I wouldn't say this to you really properly, but I was trying to nudge Matthew to really get to the top. And earlier, you saw him, he wasn't a happy bunny. He was not going to be moved. Okay? But I said, Matt, just maybe you've got to get to the top so that one day, if someone ever asks you, did you get to the top of Helvellyn? Now, if you ever meet him and you ask him, I can see this is coming now, you'll say, well, Matthew, what was it like getting to the top of Helvellyn? His eyes will roll as you say, my dad forced me to go all the way up. <laughs> but I wanted him to succeed so he could say he's been to the top. And very often, we need to be plugged in. We need to walk with God. And I want to encourage us this morning that as we leave behind us these uh, thoughts on Ephesians chapter 1 through to 3, as we've been looking at them this autumn, we realise that Paul goes from prison, he prays, but also he's someone who praises God. And he goes on to say this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Remember he's kneeling in prayer, quietly, somewhere in his prison. Lord, to him, to God, be the glory that we can ever ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. 
Amen. In a moment, I'm going to ask us all to stand up and read out together these verses. Can we just all stand up together, please? And after we have um, read out these verses, we're then going to be singing 168. Is that right? 168? How is love vast as the ocean? And then we'll go straight into communion. Let us say these words together after three. One, two, three. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.